0: Jesus was human, son of man, he gets us. Jesus came for a purpose, to show us how to be. And to be with a happy heart this is something I want to be. And they showed us that there's purpose in life and it's to seek the lost. In addition, he says that we have a role to play in saving the lost. So my f- question is the same one I started with. Do you care? Do you care where people end up? Welcome to Shelter Cove Online. We are so glad that you're joining us today for this sermon. We hope and pray that this message encourages you, that you learn something, that you enjoy it. But more than that, we just pray that God would move in your life, that he would reveal some more of himself to you today. If you would like to respond to this message in any way, you can contact us at sheltercovelive.com. Have an amazing rest of your day. sure i'll just state this i'm not sure the american evangelical church has a lot of urgency when it comes to the topic of evangelism now uh most of you know that i was an executive pastor in seattle for 24 years i've said that before and one of the things that my boss and i used to do all the time uh, is whenever the southern baptists had their preachers convention typically it was in jacksonville florida We would fly there, and for three solid days, we'd hear the best preachers in the country. uh, And it was just unbelievable. Now, if you've never been in a Southern Baptist church, if you can imagine a 9,200-seat auditorium in downtown Jacksonville, and eight or 10,000, who knows how many were actually crammed in there, of pastors, as these guys were preaching, everybody around the audience, which I'm not Southern Baptist, so I didn't know I was supposed to do this would stand every once in a while and go, glory, glory. Every time the guy would say a point. Hallelujah, preacher brother, all that stuff. It's quite crazy. (laughs) Well, this one guy comes up and he says, hey, I'm going to talk to you about Jesus because we need to be sharing Jesus. It's about evangelism. And he says, if we don't share Jesus, I'll do my best imitation here. If we don't share Jesus, we have to realize the devil is going to take over. And if you get rid of the D out of the devil, you get what? Evil, that's what's gonna happen. And if you get rid of the E out of evil, what does that do? Vile, people become vile. And if you get rid of the V out of vile, what do you have? Ill. And people in your congregations will become ill because they're following the devil. And if you get rid of the I out of ill, what is that? Where are you gonna go? L, that's where you go, you're going to hell right then. I love that. (laughs) So much fun. Anyway, uh, which all that is probably true, but I'm here to uh, encourage you and challenge you. And uh, as several people have said in the last couple services, you need to put your seatbelt on. Because I'm going to be awful feisty. I want you to understand that I want to encourage you and challenge you to do one thing today. And that is actually care what happens to people around you who aren't saved. I'm not 100% sure the American evangelical church cares. Oh, they talk about it. But I think some of it's lip service. And I want to challenge you today, and I'm going to teach you just one verse, just it, just one verse. And it's where Jesus says, I have come as the son of man to seek and save the lost. We're only gonna cover one verse. We're gonna divide it in four. And I just want you to understand, this is the the purpose of your life from this point forward. Now, in the 90s, a a singer by the name of Steve Green, which 90% of you don't know who that is, wrote a song and it was every church in America. They would sing it as a special number and it says this. Every day they pass me by. I can see it in their eyes. Empty people filled with care headed who knows where. On they go through private pain. Living fear to fear, laughter hides their silent cries that only Jesus hears. People need the Lord. People need the Lord at the end of broken dreams. He's the open door. Because people need the Lord. When will we realize people need the Lord? Second stand, that we are called to take his light to a world where wrong seems right. And isn't that the truth today? Where wrong seems right, what could be too great a cost for sharing life with one who's lost? Through his love, our hearts can feel all the grief they bear. They must hear the words of life that only we can and share. People need the Lord. Folks, I believe that. Today, we're going to take on that one verse. We're going to find out very simply. Son of man, that's point one. Point two is came. Point three is seek the lost. And point four is save the lost. Because today, I want you to understand that you have to become intentional and urgent About sharing your faith because each of you who are true believers in Christ are, in fact, a missionary. One church I visited not too long ago, on the exit doors up above, it says, entering the mission field. It's not here. It is out there. And we have to start thinking like we're missionaries. Romans 10 says, if it's not going to be you, who's it going to be? If it's not going to be now, when? And don't you think this world is awfully fouled up that it kind of needs some Christians to step up? Father, I pause for a moment and just ask that you would use this verse to challenge, encourage, convict, push, whatever you got, Lord, we want. In the name of Jesus. Amen. First point, for those who are taking notes, there's going to be a lot of them. The uh, first one is son of man. 69 times the term son of man is used in the New Testament. It's the most uh, uh, used term in the New Testament to refer to Jesus. Now, we all know that he's God. We know that through John 1.1. 1, 1. You know, the, the word became uh, was with God and the word was God. But in John 1, 14, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. In theological terms, it's called the incarnation. God comes out of heaven, incarnates, becomes a human, a son of man, and becomes one of us. He gets in it with us. We know he's human because he had a mom a human mother, we know he experienced hunger, we know he experienced thirst, temptation, pain, suffering, and of course he died. So therefore, he knows what we're like and he knows what we're facing and he calls us to a different standard of life. And he came, point two, for those note takers, he came to show us what the priorities are. How to live as an example. Uh, his top three main reasons for coming to earth is, number one, Jesus came to call sinners, Mark 2:17. "Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I came not to call the righteous but sinners." Luke five thirty two says a very similar thing. He came for the lost, and it says to call them. What does calling mean? It means to call somebody to repentance. That means to believe in something. As I'm going through my life, going through a lousy worldview, a socialist, self centered, narcissistic view, and then all of a sudden we get to share Christ with them, and they change. It's a calling. And they change direction. And not only do they not go to hell, they go to heaven, but they go to life abundantly. And as far as I'm concerned, you and I are to imitate or mimic, as Paul says, what Jesus does. And Jesus came, it says here, that's one of the main purposes. He came to call sinners home. And so should we. Secondly, it says Jesus came to serve and give his life. Uh, Mark 10:45. for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. In other words, he could have stayed in heaven, could have just been great in all the fellowship of the Trinity, but he didn't. He came here and he sacrificed. He gave up his life for others. And it's all about being other centered. Folks, here's a newsflash for all of us. If you're a believer, you are not your own. You've been bought with a price and for a purpose. And as far as I can tell your purpose is to give your life for the many just like Jesus did. And as far as I'm concerned we we sacrifice our time and our energy and resources in order for somebody anybody to hear about the good news of life with Jesus. Otherwise, what is life for? Is it about your family? Is it about your job? Is it about getting stuff? All those are fine, but that's not the purpose of the Christian's life. We don't call earth our home. It's not the place of our residence. Right? Some of us are in love with the things of this world, and it's nonsense. It's nonsense. We are to be faith-filled people go for broke, big thinking risk takers. We will not insult God with safe living and small thinking. Give up things we love for things we love even more. Yeah, you're supposed to love your kids, but your life isn't supposed to be centered around just your kids. Yeah, we love our family, but it's not around all that. Is it? Is that it? Is it about money? Is about being happy, pleasure? I mean, it's gotta be something more than that. And Jesus gave up the best in order to reach us. So therefore, we can give some of our time and energy and resource to reach out to our friends that are going to hell faster than they know. You understand? I just want you to care. How many of you guys are parents in here? Okay, I'm sorry. The bottom line... (laughs) What, what some people don't know when they raise their hand is that you, you will never stop being a parent. It, this, this zero to 18 thing, that's nonsense. You are a parent for your entire life. Whether you like it or not, you will always care about what your kids are doing or not doing, etc. And they will always bug you about decisions that they got to make or, or mistakes they've made. They'll always come back. Because parents sacrifice. And I'm calling all of you that call yourself Christians to sacrifice your mindset towards people who are sinners and are lost. Now, as a parent, <laughs> Eddie wanted to play Little League this one time God! Little League. Seven-year-old wants to play Little League. Okay, fine. They needed a coach. Okay, I'll do it. Fine, I'll do it. Have you ever seen a seven-year-old play? Baseball. This is my son in right field. Butterfly. <laughs> Guy's at bat. He said, Eddie, what are you doing? Other time, he'll be picking flowers off the grass. He, he, it, it is so boring. I can't tell you how boring it is. But I sacrificed. I coached my daughter's U-14 softball team. Have you ever spent seven innings... With 14 year old girls all behind you, chanting these nonsensical cheers constantly, as to, like, you know, folks, normal voices right here. 14 year old girls, no offense to those of you who are 14, but that's way up here. I just wanted to shoot myself. Anyway. <laughs> and then my younger son said, Dad, I want to play soccer. Well, the boys' club didn't have a soccer coach, so I went and played, uh, coached at the soccer. Folks, I hate soccer. I mean, soccer's not even a game. Oh God. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the cat lovers booing. Okay, here we go. So I'm coaching my lovely son in a stupid game and, and uh, we had one kid, uh, a Jimmy, who could play like crazy. Okay kids, here's the deal. Go away from Jimmy, let him have the ball. I have the championship trophy in my office and I know nothing about soccer. Folks, why do we do all this for our kids? Oh, yeah, somebody will say, well, love them. Well, yeah, some days. (laughs) But it's more than that. We want a relationship with them. We want to be where they are. And Jesus is calling people to come home, and he's, he's coming to serve and to give his life just like you and I are, in fact, doing for our own kids. And all I'm saying is we have to come and do the third point, which is Jesus came to do his father's will. In John 6, 38, it specifically says, for I've come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Ladies and gentlemen, we're supposed to emulate Jesus. We say we love Jesus, but we don't really emulate him half the time. We don't try is my point. We're not perfect. I get that. But we are trying hard to be as close to what Jesus was and is in our life as we can. John 12, 46 says, I've come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Folks, the will of God is to do what God loves. And if I understand this, Jesus came to have sinners come to heaven and to sacrifice his life so some might come to know him and to do God's will. And God's will is always third point of the outline is to seek the lost. You want to know what God's will is for your life? It is to seek the lost period. What is seeking? Well, it's being alert and looking for opportunities to engage. It's that simple. Uh, The the Luke 19.10 thing that that we're studying here, son of man came to seek and save the lost is the end of the Zacchaeus story. Now Zacchaeus, for those of you who don't know, Zacchaeus was a a tax collector, chief tax collector. He was hated, he was corrupt. He stole money left and right, people hated him. Uh, Jews and Romans hate those guys. And he's seeing Jesus come, lots of people around. He climbs up in a tree so he can see him And as he goes, verse five is indicative of seeking the lost. It says, and when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down for I must stay at your house today. What's the first part of of seeking the lost? I'll tell you what it is. It's paying attention. It's being alert. It is seeing people. So I always go to the same restaurants I go to the same gas stations whenever I can so I can engage those waitresses and attendants I want to make a difference and the only way they'll ever let me into my uh, let me and my faith into their world is if I have some sort of little relationship And I am here to say as a living testimony that God's grace His hand of grace can reach anybody. Colleen DeCue gave me a nine-page Dear Ed letter when I was in high school. We'd been dating for three months. In that letter, she said, Ed, it is clear that you're not a Christian. (laughs) You think? Um, And she said uh, that I am, and we're getting too close, and... She explained the gospel throughout this nine-page thing. And she said, uh, I really want you to come to Christ, but we can't date anymore. Well, that rocked my world. I, was a, I had a 67 Mustang in the driveway. I had a GPA of 3.98. I had Letterman's jacket, sports person all over the place, senior. I won the Lord of May, the outstanding senior of the time. And here's this junior girl telling me that I'm not good enough for her. You gotta be kidding me. But then I reread it about 19 times over the weekend and at 10 o'clock at 1023 North Pearl Street in Centralia, Washington, this senior knelt down and asked Jesus into his heart. But here's the thing. It wouldn't have happened without Colleen. Folks, I can't tell you how many times I should have been arrested I mean, I I, I have vivid memories of laying in fields, laying flat uh, on my stomach with two or three other guys while the police uh, lights are heading over at two in the morning. And I was only 16. My mom was divorced five times before I was 18. I I should have not lived. But Colleen reached out to me because she was seeking the lost. And it changed me forever. And we all need to be Colleens. How do we do that? Well, first of all, we become one aware. It's in your notes. We start seeing the Zacchaeuses and the Eds around. And we start being alert. Alert, uh, Webster defines alert as quickly noticing. Another word inside the definition is vigilant. Folks, we go through the day and we don't even see the people coming by us. And I'm here to tell you, that's got to change. We have to, first of all, to seek the lost, is see people as they are. And they're everywhere. And second, we have to hang out with them. Uh, that's a colloquialism that we use. We have to be with, we have to engage them. We hang out with them. Matthew nine ten. It says, and Jesus reclined at the table in the house, and behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciple. Folks, being a Christian isn't about this building. You and I have to get in the world and engage the world, but not be of their thinking. You know how I know that? Because Matthew 5, Jesus said in his most famous statement, And I've been to this place in Israel where he said it, Mount of Beatitudes. He said this, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Catch this, in the same way, let your light shine before others. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no room anymore, especially in 2023, for closet Christians, Lone Ranger Christians, not being out with the people who need us. I don't care what you got to join. I don't care what you got to do. You got to find a way to be intentionally hanging out. I know this is crazy, but you are missionary, and if a missionary that I know, all the ones I know, are incredibly creative, they try stuff. In January, I—I um, I think it was January. It might have been last month. I can't remember. I preached here and I introduced a concept called bless. It's in your notes. I'm going to reiterate that for you. BLESS is an acronym, B-L-E-S-S. And I just want you to understand that you are important to the strategy that God has for reaching this world. You, not the person next to you, you, if you're a believer. B is for beginning with prayer. Uh, Six out of nine of the world revivals in church history started with teenagers. Nine out of nine started with a major movement towards prayer. Now, I don't know about you, but I find it easier to study the Bible than to pray for people. Praying takes discipline. It's a thing where you got to remember people. And I don't know about you, but I started writing these things down so I would remember Because as I get older, I forget more and more of the people I want to pray. And it takes a while. Because the more people you meet, the more you got to pray. But we begin with praying for somebody that you know needs Jesus more than they need their next breath. Secondly, you engage them, you build relationships by listening. That's the L. Listening, by listening to their pains, their successes, their failures. And you listen to what they like to do and then adjust accordingly. Now, I was a youth pastor for quite a while and in Seattle. And trust me, I did things I didn't want to do. Because I was trying to reach out to people. One particular guy's name was Chris Atkins. He's the son of one of the staff people who had just kind of distanced himself. He was 17. And he was a punk rock guitar player. How many of you guys know what punk rock sounds like? It's kind of like 17 cats screaming all at once. (laughs) It's very similar. So as a youth pastor, I'd go to the clubs in Seattle and I'd go, oh, God. I I, I didn't look like this, but I'd go, oh, please, Lord, protect my eardrums. Okay, and I'd go in there, and it is the most loud, dark, dank, and there were activities in the corners, in the shadows. Ugh. Didn't want to touch anything in some of these clubs. But there was Chris doing his thing. He is now a world famous, at, if you can be world famous as a punk star, a uh, punk star uh, guitar thing for a band called MXPX, which has been around forever. You know what his real job is? He's a CPA. He just goes on tour <laughs> Uh, Anyway, Uh, the bottom line is you got to listen, and Chris loved that, so I tried hard to go where he went. Well, maybe you've got somebody who likes, well, they like the Giants, and you're a Dodgers fan. You have to put away your Dodger pride, don the, well, you can still keep the blue, but go to a Giants game with the guy. It's okay. I took three kids to uh, uh, Manchester United soccer game. I'm going to get an extra crown for that little activity. Most worthless three hours of my life. Anyway, there's those cat. I hear the cat lovers. Uh, bless, listen, and then eat. E, the Southern Baths have that right potlucks. A coffee, meal, barbecue at your house, whatever. You engage them in some sort of hospitality. That's important. S, you serve. You serve, you serve them. There's nothing like doing an act of kindness to get people's attention, right? It really does. The average person has to hear the gospel seven times and three kind touches before they'll listen to real. That's average. Because they've been so jaded by our society. Story is the last one. As time is right, you tell your story, what Jesus meant to you and how you came to know him. One day, I, at the, some of you know I play bridge, the card game, and there's this 75-year-old guy, and he was so cantankerous all his life. Oh, my gosh. Ralph just hated, hated life. And one day at the bridge table, he says, hey, listen, I'm, I'm going to be moving to this uh, trailer place right down the street. I go, really? You're going to move into a trailer, huh? Yeah, it's just too much maintenance. I go, okay, all right. You've been at that house for 30 years. He goes, well, you got all these guys coming at the bridge club coming to help you? He goes, no, it's just me and my wife. Ralph, you're 75. You have a 2,000-square-foot a house. How are you going to move it? Uh, I've rented a U-Haul. We'll, we'll, we'll get it done, me and my wife. The reason why he didn't have anybody help him, because he didn't have any friends. Now, he knew I was a pastor. I said, well, if you don't mind, I'd like to come help. He said, oh, yeah, that's fine. You can come over. Well, I called my college group together, and we showed up with 30 college kids and 17 pickups, and we did that house in 2.5 hours. You know, sometimes you got to give up your Saturday mornings in order to reach out to somebody who needs you. Ralph never turned his life over to Christ, as far as I know, but the success when it comes to evangelism isn't what the result is. It's in the trying. Our job is to be the light of the world, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. But sometimes the fourth point, and the last, and the quickest, is we get to save the lost. Sometimes God uses our efforts, our meager efforts, and it works. Or maybe I'm just one of... A, ten different hearings of the gospel are one of the three kindnesses and somebody else gets to see the harvest. Either way, I'm in. I'm in if I can. Save the lost. The first point is Christians are ambassadors. 2 Corinthians 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us a ministry. Every one of you are a minister. Every one of you are a missionary. A ministry of reconciliation that God has reconciled the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Catch this. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. If you're a Christian, that means you. As though God were making his appeal through us. You are part of God's strategy to reach this world. Every one of us. For this earth isn't our home. We represent the Lord and heaven above, and we do his work first and foremost. To be an ambassador in the United States means you go to one of 187 different outposts around the world. They're called embassies, and that embassy, the ground it's on, is considered U.S. soil. Because it represents the U.S. to these countries. Well, if we're ambassadors, you and I represent the Lord. Right? We are God's property. To quote, you know, Kirk Cameron. I love that song, Stomp. Oh, so good. Anyway, the point being is that you and I are ambassadors. And we represent the Lord. And that means, point two, last one in your outline, that we have to have some urgency. Christians need urgency. Folks, this world has lost its collective mind. I I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to tell my grandkids. I, in one generation, it's like we've lost our collective intelligence. And we're following after nonsense. So therefore, it it. it makes me more urgent that I I have to engage one more waitress, one more truck driver, one more punk rocker, one more something. Mark 2, it's a story, I won't even read it. You know the story. Jesus is in a house, people are being healed. These people can't get in. They got a friend who needs Jesus. So they decide to go up on top of the roof, cut a hole in the roof and lower this dude down right on top of Jesus to be healed. Because they knew, they knew that if Jesus could just get, if that guy could just get one touch of Jesus, his life would be changed forever. And I believe the same thing. If, if just one time somebody would really consider Jesus, their life would be changed forever. And it gives me urgency. And notice that these guys never Nothing ever would stop them, not even a roof. And I'm convicted that I'm not sure I have that kind of urgency. I don't know. Some days I do, and other days I just keep on walking through the day and it's all just the same as ever, and I don't see anybody when in fact they're all around me. And it kind of makes me sad at myself some days. But yet, Jesus gives me the power to start again and to try one more time to reach one more boy, one more girl, encourage somebody to be the light and ambassador they've been called to be. Conclusion Jesus was human, Son of Man, He gets us. Jesus came. For a purpose, to show us how to be. And to be with a happy heart is something I want to be. And they showed us that there's purpose in life and it's to seek the lost. In addition, he says that we have a role to play in saving the lost. So, my question is the same one I started with Do you care? Do you care where people end up? It's not going to be us. Who's it going to be? It's not going to be now, 2023, when things are so screwy and it's going to get worse. And when is it going to be? And I think we ought to make it an urgent thing to start sharing our faith as fast as we can. If nothing else, just invite them to church because there's coming a day in this country where you're not going to be allowed to do it. Take your little card that was on your seat. It should be on a seat somewhere. You might have even sat on it. Who knows? This is just an invitation card that James and his team comes up with. And I just want you to know that the one of the very easiest steps of being a missionary is invitation. Some of us don't have the articulation to share everything, even though I think your story is yours and you can tell your own story. You know, the final S and bless. And I think that's powerful. I believe the Spirit can use your story to reach others. But one simple way is to take that card and give it to somebody and sincerely invite them to one of the services. Preferably the sunrise, since I'm preaching at the sunrise. Um, but I'm, I'm serious. I, I just think we need to be intentional, that's all. There's a stand out there with more of these if you need them, but what I'd like you to do is just close your eyes and bow your head. We're going to close just with, as I always do, just a few seconds of quiet prayer for you. And what I want you to do is pray for the person who's going to get this card. Maybe you've got a face on your mind that you're thinking, that guy, I've been watching him. I've been engaging that person, that, that girl. I'm going to share this card with them and invite them to come. I, am in fact, even going to go bring them. I'm going to go pick them up. I had a guy last night tell me that about a guy that's terminally ill. He's going to come get him. So whoever it is, you pray to the Lord that he intercedes for this person that's going to get this card. 30 seconds. Just you and God. Father, pause for a moment and just ask that every face that's being seen in somebody's mind's eye, every name, Lord, that you would prepare that heart to say yes to come to Easter. I pray for the confidence and for the opportunity for every person in this room that's holding one of those cards, that they would have it this week to give to somebody. Forgive us for not caring sometimes. We, we do get caught up, all of us, in the things of this world. But I sure am thankful that you forgive us instantly because we are believers. Help us all to be an army, ambassadors, missionaries, to be the kind of folks you want us to be the way Jesus showed us. And in the end, we will smile someday. When we die, which we all will, and we stand before you and see people we've shared with that we don't even know how they ended up. And we'll have a perfect reunion with your arms around us. We love you. Pray for this church to be a beacon always in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, thanks for putting up with me. God bless you.